Welcome to Soul by the Pound podcast. This podcast is a safe space designed to inspire and empower women of color to take personal responsibility in their health and mental wellness. So ladies, sit back and enjoy. This is our space. Welcome to Soul by the Pound podcast. I feel like I got a huge smile on my face, just like getting excited about today's special guest. <laughs> we have the wonderful Sonia Davy. Hi. Hi. So I have, the, I'm like smiling because people, I'm sure some of them are familiar with who you are, but to some of our listeners, if they are new, I have to like go into your bio. And that is like literally my favorite part of every episode because I get to brag on these amazing women I get to interview. (laughs) (laughs) So let me start it out. All right. So Sonia Davey, L-M-H-C and C-M-H-I-M-P. Like, can you tell them what these initials, the last initials mean? (laughs) Sure. L-M-H-C is licensed mental health counselor. And C, um, the next one is... uh, Gosh, I'm a certified mental health integrative medicine provider. I know it's a mouthful, but I'll, I'll explain it later. Okay, good. Yes, because there's some new initials and I love to see. <laughs> um, so Sonia Davey is a highly sought after expert in integrative mental health. Sonia has been called upon organizations in New York City Department of Education, Papa NYPD. You definitely have to talk about that. Fortune Society, the New York City Department of Homeless Services, and Noble. By combining her passions as a licensed mental health counselor, health and life coach, and dance fitness instructor, Sonia provides cutting-edge education on holistic practices to improve mental illness with a healthier lifestyle. Sonia's expertise has garnered her as a frequent guest speaker with various organizations and appearances and expert panelists for Hot 97, radio station here in New York, The Source 360, and featured on Forbes.com. All right now, uh, (laughs) she is a contributing mental health expert for The Source and a clinician for Papa NYPD. Sonia has received her MHS from Lincoln University, and she is a proud member of my sorority, Alpha Kappa R sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and she owns a private practice here in New York City. You are doing a lot, so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am. And I'm enjoying every minute of it. So that's the good thing. I could tell, like, you know, just looking at your social media and sign up for your newsletters, like you are doing like purposeful and passion work that you are definitely passionate about. And it's been so good to like really just watch and see and learn so much just watching you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Now, before we go into like the questions that I have, can you explain a little bit about Papa? That's what, That was the first question I had to ask you um, before I got into the questions uh, more about what Papa NYPD is. Okay, sure. Papa stands for Police Officers Providing Peer Assistance, and it is an absolutely wonderful program. It is a program that's under NYPD that provides emotional support and mental health services exclusively for NYPD staff and their families. So NYPD officers and their families can receive therapy. We have, there are a host, there are 
selected clinicians. They go through training in terms of working specifically with officers so we can be specific to their needs. And so I'm, I've been a clinician with them for a few years and I, I love it. I love being able to provide that support. So we work along with peer office, peer officers, because some of the, the officers that I'll select to work with Papa, they've gone through the extensive training again, so they can be fully equipped to deal with officers and whatever emotional stresses they're dealing with, as well as suicide. They have a hotline, 24 hour hotline. So if officers are going through any kind of issues, they can call It's, it's a non, um, you know, no one will know who they're speaking to. And I just, and I love being able to be a part of that because, you know, the support is necessary and they have it. So yeah, my, I had to learn more about that because I had to ask you more about that because my best friend is a police officer. Her mom is one, her brother's one, their whole entire family. And I think considering now the current climate with everything that's going on nationwide, um, it's a lot like, yeah, it is. it's a lot. And between a pandemic and like social justice it is just a lot for our officers right now. So it's definitely good to know that, programs like this exist and we got a woman like you on the other end that's helping you no i'm 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 glad and also too the um the other program noble you know and that stand that's for, that's the national organization um for black law enforcement and executives and so that's nationwide oh. anyone that's that's black that's in law enforcement they have that national organization and so i've spoken quite with uh, often with them and um online when the pandemic hit, you know, I did some, I was a part of some of their wellness panels to work with officers, to speak with officers across the U.S. And then I also did an in-person event. I was invited to conduct a workshop in this past, this year in May with, with Noble. And it's the same thing. They provide a lot of, a lot of support for officers that are in law enforcement. And so sometimes people don't know that these exist, but these are very necessary because I know we, you know, there's a lot of issues that go on with, you know, go on with law enforcement. I'm definitely mm-hmm. sensitive to all of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, we can't, you know, we, you know, provide the accountability to the, those that need it, but there are a lot of still good people in law enforcement that require that um, assistance. So. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Oh, this is so good to know that this exists. I actually just mm-hmm. wrote it down. I'm a note taker on these because I'm always like learning so much. And this is really good to know. Yeah, um, yeah. How did you get your start in this work? Like, how did you get started as a health and life coach? Well, I have always been involved in health. My my career has been in, in healthcare. So I, right out of college, I got a job working for a lab, GlycoSmithKline. And so I wasn't quite sure what in healthcare I wanted to do, but I did love that, you know, mm-hmm. health and wellness was always important to me, but I just didn't know where I was going to fit in that. So working at the lab for a while, and then I went into eventually in health um, and healthcare administration. I did that for a long time um, with a great hospital in New York, but over time, I just wasn't satisfied. It just mm-hmm. wasn't enough for me. So I really put myself, took myself on a a uh, self-discovery journal, my, my own journey of self-discovery. I spent a lot of time journaling and and um, talking to myself about what I wanted next, crying, praying, all of all of all, you know, I did it for a while. My son was very young and I said, I, there's more to life and I need it, but I have to make sure that I'm doing the work that I love. It just was such a tugging on my heart. And so, like I said, for a year, for a while, I can't even remember the time frame. Um, I did a lot of that, just sitting with myself, 
writing, journaling, quiet time. So I came down, I narrowed it down to realizing that there were a few things that I love, absolutely love to do. Motivating people was one. Helping people through really tough emotions, that was another. And anything that having to do with wellness, those were just three things that stood out. And at the time, I didn't know how I would do all of them. I looked at them separately. and I really looked at having to choose one or the other. Um, so initially, it was I thought about life coaching really heavily and researched that. And that was well over 20 years ago, actually, when the, the field was in its infancy. But I also knew that life coaching had limitations in terms of how much, how far you can go with a person. You know, you can help them with getting their life together. But when it came to really tough things like trauma and all that, you a, a life coach can't do that. And I wanted to be able to go deep, dig deep. You know, when people came with all whatever the pain is, I wanted to be able to. I wanted to be equipped to do that. So that's when I decided to go back to school. And long story short, I went back to school. And so I, you know, went back to school to become a therapist. And at the same time, I was learning about, well, I really on a, a Google search, it's, you know, just a research. I started, I don't even know if it was Google, but it was, you know, I was researching mental health and and health, like in terms mm -hmm. of diet and nutrition. And I just, it was really just a spur because I always realized that when I ate good, I felt good. Yeah. You know, that's my tagline, but that really was true. I noticed a difference. Whenever I would get off with my eating, I was like, you don't feel your best. And I would go right back to doing what made me feel good collectively. I didn't want to have to depend on certain foods to make me feel, to get me through stuff. You know, mm -hmm. M&M peanuts was amazing. It was always my go-to, the giant bag, like whenever. And I was like, <laughs> so, okay, you got to find another way to deal with this stuff. And m, &M peanuts cannot be, the giant bag cannot be it. <laughs> so these are just things I thought about, um, you know, and I, so one day, like I said, I just randomly would say, what the, what food has to do with mental health? And I was blown away. And this was over probably about, over, it was definitely well over 10 years ago. I, I just randomly checked. And I was blown away at the research. Like it wasn't just like blogs. It was solid research, solid science behind how food and exercise and all that was atta attached to mental health, improving yeah. your mental health. Yeah. And once I, it was almost like something inside of me just exploded. And I said, like, oh, I got to teach this. The more we, and I just started buying books and DVDs and then signing up for courses and then decided to become a, a health coach. I went back to school for that. And, and, you know, I just was, and getting certified in that and then specifically getting certified with the, the long acronym you asked about the Certified <laughs> Mental Health Integrative Medicine Provider, because that's a specific certification in integrative practices along with mental health nutrition, along with mental health nutrition. Oh. And yeah, so it's specific for healthy, you know, for creating a healthier lifestyle along with nutrition for your mental health. I love it. Right. And it's amazing. And so, you know, I'm in advanced, you know, trainings with it now, and I'm going to probably be studying it forever because it's just so much information that we don't know because we're just used to looking at mental health one way with a very limited uh, framework. And that's just not enough anymore. So true. You know, one thing I want to flag for our listeners that you said, um, talking about like, you know, a life coach can only take you so far. And then that's when you got your certification um, as a counselor, because I do think 
sometimes we always just kind of clump everything together, not right, knowing right. what the limitations are on that person's like role. And if you knew the limitations, it's easier to say like, okay, this is where this needs to come in. Or like you do a good job of telling like how all of these things kind of tie in together, but they mm-hmm. have to work independently. So just want to flag that for our listeners. Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that because you do like, I'm a licensed therapist. So you, you have to work when you are dealing with, issues of, and we'll, you know, we can, we'll talk a little bit about how it ties into lifestyle traumas and, you know, anxieties and depression. When you're dealing with some, especially things that are disrupting people's life, it is time for a professional to get in. And that's when a licensed therapist is necessary. And unfortunately, you know, some people don't know, they really don't know. And like I said, I'm not, I'm also, I'm also a certified life coach. So there, you know, there's distinct roles. And I specifically was certified through a program for therapists so that we can learn the clear difference, even though we were all in this, in this program as therapists, but there are different roles of a life coach and the different roles of a therapist. And so again, life coaches are wonderful. I love them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but if that person is not a licensed therapist. Yeah. There is a distinct, there's a skill set that they don't have when it comes to dealing with really heavy stuff mm-hmm. and trauma is, is one of them. Yeah, definitely. Oh, this is so good. Um, <laughs> one other thing that you tied in, and I really want to know what inspired you to kind of add this into it, is you talk a lot about like emotional eating, you talk about cravings, you talk about how food plays a role. What really inspired you to bring those all together? Well, because what I learned what I've learned, you know, is that a lot of emotional issues can fuel emotional emotional eating. Mm-hmm. And one in particular is trauma, and a lot of people don't know that. They don't they don't know that trauma, even childhood trauma, especially childhood trauma, can fuel a lot of the the emotional eating. And I have worked with so many people that are struggling because first of all, those dots were never connected for them. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that certain switches turn on from their trauma. And because our body don't know time, which most people don't realize our bodies don't know time. So you can literally feel if you're triggered and you're not in therapy and you're not doing, you can get a trigger from a trauma from your past. Doesn't even always have to be childhood, but definitely a lot of childhood trauma that can fuel you where eating is the only thing that you know, that you turn to. And once, and then the, the way our foods are designed, there's so many chemicals in our foods that it will turn on a switch that is very hard for you to let go of because mm-hmm. the food has chemicals in it that are addicting. That and yeah, we don't know that stuff. People yeah. don't know that stuff. You know, I saw that on your page. This was like probably a, like around the first year of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I remember a video that you put up because I shared it like so many times about like sugar and its effects. And you have one that you talked about like citrus. And when I tell you, like I literally now have like lemon basil candles. I have uh, like lemon and stuff like, cause like, I love it. like change around depression or like your mood, not depression, but like your moods. And I, yeah. I never knew something so small. And if you think about it, 
you know, most people when they crash off of a sugar high or most people who don't have those fresh fruits or vitamin D, they literally are kind of cranky. So it does make sense. Like It does, because we, we really just think of when we think about mental health, we just think about from the from the neck up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honest and and we even train that way. Like I didn't get any of this information in grad school. You know, I don't have any issues with my grad school education, but I didn't get any of this. I, my extensive and I've have had my training in this has gone beyond the two years I spent in grad school. Mm-hmm. Cause I've literally been doing, doing this, studying this for over 10 years. Wow. And I am, and there is not a year I am not in some type of training somewhere, you know, or ongoing or, le- or on another level of training to constantly, um, you know, to constantly keep learning because so much changes, but more importantly, I'm concerned because it's so much that a lot of our practitioners don't know. Mm-hmm. And healthcare, when it comes to mental health, and I, you know, promote mental wellness, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, that's the more concerning part. And we have such a um, this, you know, we the the need for mental health is so huge. But unfortunately, for some people, they will get a very cookie cutter approach to what's going on with them. And it's like, no, no, no. And I'm gonna give you. Can I give you a quick example? Yeah, yeah. So recently I was actually talking to one of my clients who's in law enforcement and they were talking, we had a session and they said, my anxiety is, is, I don't know what's going on with me lately. It's just really, I've been really been bad. I don't understand what's going on. And it was like, my eating's out of control. I don't understand what's going on. And I said, okay, well, um, you know, so, you know, I did a checkpoint. It was nothing really at work that happened to really, you know, a few things, but nothing really major, Mm -hmm. but so I said, so I said, are you, what, are you drinking? I said, you're drinking a lot of coffee, caffeine. And they said, yes. I said, how much? Mm-hmm. Or like, I drink lots of caffeine all day. And I said, all right, so what about water? And they were like, well, no, I haven't. I said, then they said, I, and they actually said, I feel really de- dehydrated. I said, yes, because caffeine is very dehydrating. Now I'm not beating up on coffee because coffee in and of itself is neutral. Yeah. I said, you are not, I said, ideally, you need to have more water. And so they understood that. I said, cause you know, dehydration can actually contribute to mood disorders. So true. A lot of people don't know that. So you're, you're not giving yourself enough water. And then we looked at how are they eating? And they were saying, you know, they get to work and sometimes quite naturally being with, you know, the law enforcement, the days can get really hectic and then they will go all day and not eat. I said, okay, so now your sugar's low. So yeah. <laughs> so with the blood sugar is low. You're not eating all day, which we're going to talk. We're not told them we're going to work on that quite naturally. When you get off work, I said, you're eating everything that's not nailed down. And it's like, exactly. I said, okay, so we got to look I said, So now we have to look at, you know, incorporating some wellness ways, some ways that you can eat more, even if it's small throughout the day, even some meals, cause your schedules cra- can get crazy. And also not as much coffee, but when you do drink it, make sure that you give yourself enough water to balance it. So these are the kind of things that a lot of people don't think about. And sometimes these conversations don't happen in, in a therapeutic setting. You know, no shade to anyone else. But like I said, mental wellness is what the only way that I practice. I love it. You know, it's like you as you're saying this, when you're talking, I'm thinking about my one of my very first marketing jobs when I finished college was like this breakfast uh, breakfast program in Chicago. And we were putting like breakfast in the classrooms for students. Mm-hmm. 
And one thing that they noticed is that when these students were eating a nutritious breakfast, they saw a decrease of behavioral issues. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, like, they're not eating the, the Flaming Hots and the Honey Buns. On the Absolutely. Food. And the Blue Drinks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I just thought about that. And I guess so, I don't know what why it took this for a light switch to go off of me. Because somehow I think of how sugar affects kids and forgetting how lack of food, lack of water, like, you know, all of this stuff affects adults too. Like I, like, yeah. <laughs> life love China. Like, yeah, yeah. So I always tell people, I say your mental health is, it can be one part uh, psychological, meaning, you know, you might've had some, you know, history or, or some sudden things that happened. And it's also one part biology, mm. biological. Definitely. One part physical. We have to look at also what's going on. And that's, again, right now we're not trained that way. There may, there are a few programs that are beginning to, you know, grab programs that are merging, but we are a long way from making this mainstream. Yeah, definitely. Cause I don't feel like this is a conversation I hear often. At no, all. no. Cause there's, there's an emerging field now called nutritional psychiatry, which I absolutely love. Tell us, wait, what is that about? Nutritional psychiatry is an again it's just, it's an emerging field um, with promising research, and it suggests that nutrition approaches for prevention of the treatment of numerous neuropsychiatric disorders. So they use nutrition, not only now you, because you know there's most people think again it doesn't have to it's not supposed to be extreme. I don't believe in extreme meaning absolutely only use nutrition and nothing else or some school of thought is we only use medication and nothing else. No, if a person needs to use medication for whatever reason, it still does not mean that they cannot benefit um, immensely from having a, you know, a nutritious diet or supplementation. I have had clients and currently have clients where they were taking a medication and it's like, and they'll say, yeah, it's okay, but I'm not getting better. And then I will do an assessment of like what I did with my law enforcement person. I will do an assessment and they have either told me in the same breath, oh yeah, my vitamin D is real low. Oh yeah, this, my this is low. Oh yeah, I don't really, I'm not eating like I should. Oh yeah, I'm not doing that. Okay. And I say, okay, all of that matters. Yes. All of that matters. Yes. It's kind okay. of like a cycle. Like a goal. It is very much a cycle. Yeah. That you feel this way. So then you grab this and then you feel it again. And it's just very much a cycle. It is very much a cycle. Speaking mm -hmm. of us saying like things that we don't talk about and like, cause all of this is a lot of new information for me. What are some things? And we, I always ask this question on every interview because we do have, um, so by the Pounds created to empower women of color, but particularly black women about their health and wellness. And mm -hmm. what is something that you think specifically black women need to hear in regards to just like overall wellness and the components of our diet interacting with our mental health? Well, understanding that their emotions are important and whether it, and they're, and not only their emotions, but their healing. Yes. Because we, in our, in our community, we, you know, that we have a high rate of trauma. Yeah. We have high rates of trauma and a lot of people, I, this is a statement I say, I say it jokingly, but I say it to my clients all the time to make a point and they laugh every time I say it. I said, well, you know, cause black people just started going to therapy on Tuesday. <laughs> And it's so, right. So a lot of times I'll say that, especially if I'm talking to someone and they, you know, they're, and we have to get them to understand that what you're learning right now, maybe the, your mom or your grandmother, they didn't have this, they didn't have access to this level of 
therapy. So we're just, so you're getting new information. So this is new. So, you know, be patient with them. But when it comes to emotions, emo, emotion and trauma dysregulates the body. And that's something people don't realize. It dysregulates you. And a lot of the health issues that black women have, yes, it may be tied to emotional eating because that emotional eating, that binge, that binge eating was, was what they needed in that moment for coping through their trauma. But what it has also done is created a cycle for some of obesity, of diabetes, of heart disease, all of those those health issues that they're dealing with. For a lot of them, trauma is attached to it. And a cycle began. Like I've had clients where a cycle of that began in childhood. They had a childhood trauma, severe traumas, severe neglect. And they turned to food. I was so excited recently when I had a client make that connection for themselves that, you know, they were explaining what was happening when they were a kid. They were re-discussing re it. And then they realized how they turned to food. Yeah. And, you know, so because a lot of the health issues that they're having now is because of, you know, they've been dealing with because of weight. But they were always beating themselves up. Well, I didn't do this well, or mm -hmm. I should have. I should have lost this weight. I should have lost. It. And I said, No, we got to deal with the trauma. Yeah, yeah. We got to deal with this trauma because. And and this is another. This is a real important point. Technically, when someone is going to have surgery, you know, the weight loss surgeries. Uh -huh. Ideally, if they have a history of trauma and has not been dealt with, they really they're not ideal candidates for surgery for the weight loss surgery. Okay, so my horrible confession is I love Six Hundred Pound Life. And I do. I, love it. I watch it all the time. I love, I love it. That show. I love the show. Love and it too. Every single one of them has some type of childhood trauma. Like some. I mean, that's one of them. Every single like one of them. Like you hear them say these like crazy story. It was yeah. One with the brothers, and they were each like six hundred pounds, and find out mm -hmm. their mom passed away. At yeah. Three. Yeah, it's like always something like that. Because I wait for it. When I'm watching, I'm like, okay, let me wait for the backstory. Yeah. And, I'm, and then the music starts playing all sad. And then it comes. Right. Because, and I'm so glad because, that, and I, if, I believe, I don't know if in the very first episodes, because I have been watching it from the beginning, that they had therapists. But I do remember soon after they started having a therapist, and I was so grateful that they mm -hmm. recognized, you know, we've got to deal with the trauma before we can deal with this weight loss. Yeah, yeah. Because the weight loss is going to be, and I know people are going to say, no, 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 no. That weight loss is going to be a temporary fix. Exactly. And come right back. Because it's going to come back because your body doesn't know time. That's the biggest reason. Your body doesn't know time. So you can get triggered after your weight loss surgery with some emotional things that will cause you to spiral. And you will find yourself going right back to that, to the those poor eating habits, not because you're a bad person, not because you don't have willpower. No, not to beat yourself up because you are unhealed in that area. So that's why emotional eating, getting certified in, in emotional eating psychology was extremely important to me because this kind of education is extremely important. And like you said, particularly our community, because we're, black people just started going to therapy on Tuesday. So there's a lot of stuff that we need to learn, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially when it comes to trauma and looking at food differently um, because a lot of the health issues. I've had people in tears when they met me, started working with me because they're on this cycle. They've been on a cycle. They've been to different doctors, a very patchwork type of healthcare where they're here, they see this, and no one has connected the dots with them. Mm. 
And so they got this issue and that health issue and arthritis and knee problems and obesity and diabetes. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm, this one's doing that. And I was treating a lot of gastro issues, all of that. I'm like, okay, but there's some, there's some trauma here. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do that. I feel like, too, the media kind of, now that I'm thinking about this, I also feel like the media pushes this whole thing of when you have a bad day, you deserve, like, that kind of treat. Like, Absolutely. if you think about, like, the old TV shows when a girl broke up with her boyfriend and she mm -hmm. eats a jug of ice cream or... m and peanuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of, like, push this whole thing. That's yeah. how you're supposed to cope with stuff versus, right. like, something that's more healthier. And going back to your statement about Black people started therapy on Tuesday. I'm so happy that this narrative is slowly changing. I it really think, is. Yeah. And I think this is one thing I always am so grateful for social media is that now we're having more conversations. Like you said, you know, to be able to have to have emotions and to heal. And that's important. We have been taught to be strong for so long. Absolutely. women. It feels good to someone say, you can have emotions, you know what I mean? But you also need to heal as well. So I am, I do not, I do not sign up for that narrative of the strong black woman. And there's, and there is, and I don't even have her name. I should have written it down. A black psychologist. She's, she did a lot of some great writing on that whole schema of the strong black woman. And I love it because it's it's a we have to we got to look at that and really examine how damaging that has been yes it's been extremely damaging and when i talked to i've you know spoken to clients about that to take that weight off of their shoulders because they are responsible for the family and they're responsible for the community and and you know self care is one of the hardest things sometimes for me to get to get clients to implement because there is a sense of guilt with it attached to it. So I'm so happy you said that. You actually jump into another. I wrote this down, and I'm gonna. I would like for you to talk about the self care because one thing I one thing I love about your social media pages as well as your newsletter is that you always talk about self care, but you don't say it in a formal sense. Like mm -hmm. you say it in a sense of this could just be everyday practice, and I hear that so much. Like I've heard from listeners that are like, oh, I love this, you know, I got, cause we always do a soul star tip at the end and mm -hmm. people are like, oh yeah, I love that tip. Wait till I get some time. And I'm like, it doesn't require time. So I'm mm -hmm. so happy you show this, like even um, you, the cherry picking with your family. <laughs> These small things are self care. So can you talk oh, more about that? Like how you incorporate it like in just everyday life? Yeah, it is, it is a part of how I live. I, I am very unapologetic about my self care. I really am. Yeah, I don't apologize to nobody about it. And I, and you know, I, I love my clients and the work that I do. But when I'm going on vacation, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna?" I'm like, "I'm going on vacation, and you're gonna be fine. I'll see you when I get back." Like it's like, <laughs> we're gonna be fine. I give you some tools, and I'm my my tank is empty. No, my tank is not empty, but it's getting low. Mm -hmm. One of the things I believe in, my personal concept is, I believe in showing up to the world every day and giving from my overflow. Yeah. So I am not giving you from my reserve, my 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 emergency reserve of energy. I'm having an overflow of energy to give to you, and so because I have to hold space for people every day, you know, when I see them. So I've got to make sure that I have more than enough for myself. Mm -hmm. And for me, I am like I said, when I say unapologetic, I sit down and say, "Okay, girl, what do you like doing? What do you want to do this week?" And I do it. I don't, you know, if I want to again, I've 
from cherry picking to, and I can't tell you how many people have loved that cherry picking, the cherry picking videos. I actually went last year too, but the different things that I'm doing, I love the beach. I love hiking. I love all of all the things, you know, and I do them and I've always done those things. My son was little, we'd rollerblade together. We'd all, you know, just so many things that we would do because I like how I feel. I like how I feel when I'm engaging in things that I enjoy. When I put the world on my responsibilities on pause and give myself attention, I like how I feel afterwards. Again, which is why my hashtag is life is good when you feel good because mm-hmm. I do that. And so it's been very helpful because it's because it's my lifestyle when I do have clients that go on my page. I'm not I don't follow them, but they, you know, they're on my page. Mm-hmm they can receive it well when we make that a part of their treatment plan. And, you know, they say, well, yeah, I saw that you did this. I say, yeah. And what is it that you want to do? What is it that makes you feel good? What are some activities that can have a dual role for wellness, you know, fitness, as well as, you know, how can we incorporate these things? And self-care is a hard one because that Mm -hmm. strong black woman, you know, thing is, you know, we've been, that's been indoctrinated in black women. So I was like, no, but I have to do this and I have to take care of my mother and I got to take care of this one and I don't have time. And I'm like, no, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. And all those things, when you don't take time for yourself and you keep your body in that state of chronic stress, guess what it does? It, it increases cravings, sugar cravings. So it gets people on a very, so my goal is to get them off of a very vicious cycle and give their body and their mind more balance. I love that. Oh, this is good. You know, I will say, I'm, I always get so excited on these episodes because mm-hmm. of, you start to see a common thread and it makes you understand like, okay, it's not so hard. It's just these ingredients. And one of the common threads that has been occurring recently is that all of us, are retiring the strong black woman narrative. So we oh, have yeah, to I love it. bring her up and hopefully, you know, that we won't have to hear about her no more because <laughs> like yeah, she, yeah. She, her yeah. time is up. You know, we're still strong, but her time is up. We don't want to be strong all the time. But also, you know, just a quick personal story. Uh-huh. When and for our listeners, when I met you when I first moved to New York. And we were working on a project together and we went to the health festival. Do you remember that? In I remember. Yes, I remember. We had a good time that afternoon in, in New Jersey. Yes. And what I was just thinking about is that was probably like my first, um, I don't think it was like my third month living in New York. And I was at an all time high of stress. And I think I said that and mm-hmm. like anxiety. And one thing we did after we like went through the health fest and I just thought of this now. We walked through the carnival. Do you yep. remember that? I remember that. I remember us taking that walk. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now you, yes. you definitely. Yep. We had fun. We took a. We sure did walk around that carnival, which was a lot of fun. Yes. And I thought about it. I literally just thought about this now as you're talking, like how something that small can literally turn your mood around or turn, like make you put that stuff. You know, Michael Jackson be like, put your nine to five up on the shelf. <laughs> Yeah, mine, yeah, put it on the shelf. Absolutely. Yeah, so I was just thinking about that. And I hope this is like a reminder to our listeners. Like, it doesn't have to be this grand gesture. It can literally Mm-mm. be something. Would you say life is good when you feel good? When you feel good, right. And it can be, like you said, it can be something as small as going to your favorite store, walking around, or it can be something large, like planning a vacation, whatever it is. But 
discovering what it is. And you'd be, again, you'd be so surprised the number of people that have been stressed for so long mm-hmm. that if you ask them, and I, this is a simple question I ask all the time. What do you like to do? What do you, what? And the silence that I get because they haven't ever given themselves permission to really slow down and put the world on hold or put the kids on pause mm-hmm. or, you know, put their, you know, or, like for those that are caregivers, I'm like, no, you're going to get respite care workers. Tell your sister, tell your brother that you need help right with mom. Tell yeah. this one and that one because you need to take a day off and do this. Like it's, they're in such a cycle that they don't realize, no, I really don't know what I love to do. Yeah. Yeah. You look at my social media page, you know exactly what I like to do. Yeah. It's funny you said, because I, when I, when people ask me like, what do you do in your off time? I always say some grand thing that is not, I like not accessible on a weekly basis. So mm-hmm. like now just like kind of going down to something smaller. What is it you like to do and do more of it? It doesn't have right. to be like this big task. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It, it absolutely does not have to be anything really big. And then again, it can be a it can be a mixture. And there's just so many things with the, whatever your budget is, you know, mm-hmm. for self-care. Like when my son was young and I would have to leave work when I worked at the hospital in the city, one of the things I would do is I would walk to the express train station. So there was a local station. And then I said, no, I'm going to walk because I'm going to get him and we're going to have our evening routine. So I would stop, get something to drink, and I would just walk, take a walk. I was in, on the Upper East Side and just stroll mm-hmm. and then get on the train further down because I knew I needed to unwind from one thing before I jump into something else. Yes. Like and that. so, yeah, those were little things. But like I said, I self-care for me are small things, but they're also, you know, they, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like white water rafting. That, that's, you know, you'll see me doing that. But it's it's things that I like to do. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is so good. Well, what? Okay. So I know you have a ton of things working, like that you're working on and a ton of things that are going on in your world. What can our um, listeners, because I know they're all probably like, okay, what's our social? Okay. What do I do next? Like, what, what are you working on and how can I get, you know, what are you working on? How can we get our listeners over there? Because I'm sure okay. people are listening and want to know more. Well, I'm very excited because I'm next week I'm launching my program called Pandemic Relief. And it is a mental well, mental wellness health coaching program. It's for six weeks. It's a beta program. So it's the first time that I'm launching it. And so it is a well, it's a six-week program with um each week is going to be live group coaching to help people to recover basically from the stressors from the pandemic. So many people's lives are still out of sorts. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know, the lockdown, the, again, the most, the emotional eating was high. The stress is still kind of high. They still don't understand self-care, all these different things. And so I have been working on something like this for a very long time, but it's an integrative model that just really helps people to jumpstart, to get back the life that they love, get them on that path um, so that they can feel better, get the balance that they need, understand the tools, um, and then moving forward into, like I said, into a life that they really love. And so I'm really excited about that. So yes. you can go to my um, my Instagram and find and there's a, a link in my bio to sign up for it because I will be doing more uh, workshop webinars, free webinars um, regarding the program. But I'm launching it this week, so there's still a few spots left. So they can DM me or they can, like I said, go on to go into the link in my bio for Pandemic Relief um, Health Coach Mental Wellness Health Coaching Program. And like I said, I'm very excited. 
Um, on, in that program, I will be operating as a health coach, a mental okay. wellness health coach. I won't be a therapist, although, you know, I, I that's my that's my specialty. But I will be giving helping people to custom design really the the wellness their wellness treatment plan, what they need for themselves. And so I will give them the information and guide them in creating what they need for themselves for their mental wellness. And my definition of mental wellness is the health of the mind and body so that you can live a life that you love. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so <laughs> pandemic relief, I will be sure to include your information in Thank the bio of this interview because I already know people are going to be looking for more information. Thank um, you. Now, okay. I'm kind of cheating with this, but I'm not. Okay. <laughs> So the last question I always ask on the interview is what is your soul star tip? So this is like an immediate tip that we can provide our listeners that they could take immediate action for. But here's how I'm like cheating a little bit. I was telling you like before this interview, I'm like, you know what? This timing turned out perfect because there's something about before the holidays, there's something about sunlight, depression, like it's so many things that's going on during this time, because we're recording right now, um, this October. So what are some, your soul star tip, what immediate tips can people take during this time when they just don't feel like themselves? Well, I'm going to give you a couple. One in particular, which I uh, said earlier, drink lots of water. Because so many people lean, when they get stressed out or their energy is low, they lean on caffeine they lean on those caffeinated drinks. Oh God, some of them I won't name that are not great. <laughs> and and lots of coffee. For every cup of coffee or caffeine that you drink, you need two cups of water. Oh wow! Okay. Because it is very dehydrating. And a lot of health, a lot of increase of anxiety that some people have is because they have way too much caffeine in their system, and they have not no nowhere near the amount of water to um to balance that okay so for every cup of coffee that you drink please don't let it be a lot of cups of coffee but (laughs) don't say oh good okay i can have 10 cups i have 20 cups of water no (laughs) wrong answer (laughs) but for every cup of coffee you absolutely need to have at least two cups of water okay you have to yeah because like i said that water is one of the best medicines that's under estimate one of the best medicines for mental health that is underestimated and so remember dehydration can contribute to mood disorder so have lots of water and also too because so many people are working remotely now and the days are getting shorter find time to get some sunshine i i know it seems you know we hear people talk about vitamin d all the time but people are still minimizing the effects of vitamin d and why it's so important and the best way that you get it is through sunlight because it synthesizes with your skin and that's how it's made so ideally you should get, if you can get outside, get a few minutes, you know, 10, 20 minutes of sunlight, get some direct sun. Um, sometimes people will buy those lights as the days get shorter, they'll buy some, there's some lights that you can buy that can give you more sunshine. I mean, more light in the house, mm-hmm. but don't, don't minimize the effect of direct sun and the need for, for vitamin D. It's really important. I'm so glad you shared that tip because I know you talk a lot about that on your page and I actually 
I work remote in in New York these past what three days. It's been raining and dark. It was horrible. It's been horrible. So I normally go for a morning walk. Um, mm-hmm. but lately, I've been going downstairs to the gym, and I thought about it. I'm like, it's Wednesday, and I have not been outside. Like I have not been outside in three days. Yeah. And so I, I just because I was like, maybe I should start like blocking out my calendar for like that, like a thirty minute window. Yes, you should. Today, okay. Okay. Yeah, you should because I have a client. I have a client that's an executive uh, for a major company, and that's one of the things that they do because we talked about that. And they block out um, um, like ten minutes, and they're on. Their, they block. They have blocks on their calendar, and they. Uh, they it's funny because they were saying a few weeks ago that they were in a meeting, and they're like, "Okay, um, we're going to wind down in ten minutes." And someone kind of like looked, and they and, and they didn't tell them, but they were like, "Yeah, because I'm going outside for a walk." Yeah, <laughs> going outside for a walk. And so, yeah, those, those are, like I said, these are things that are, that seem very light and we hear it, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm like, no, 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 I don't think you do know. Cause last example, um, another client, a, a returning client was talking to me about their depression was getting worse. And long story short, um, they live in a basement apartment. Mm. Yeah, when I get to work, I just have to open, get by the window. I said, yeah, cause you're probably craving vitamin D. I just said it like that. And they said, well, yeah, my vitamin D is really low. Um, my doctor told me I need to take vitamin D, but I'm not taking it. I said, well, wait, wait, wait. I said, so your doctor, I said, so you've had blood work and it's showing that your vitamin D is low. And they're like, yeah, but I'm not taking it. I said, no, if you're, I said, your, your vitamin D is very low. If it's showing up, I said, so you've got to take the vitamin D. And, but at the, but to them, to their defense, it wasn't communicated with a sense of urgency. So they just saw, they just saw like, oh yeah, I know it's a supplement, whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. Let me understand. Let me help you understand mm-hmm. how this affects your, your mental health, how this affects your depression. You know, there's other things we're working on too, but these all have to work synergistically. So you've got to take the, if your doctor's telling you, you've got to take that vitamin D, get it off the counter and start taking it. Start taking it. Yeah. Right. Because you already are not getting direct sunlight where you live in your apartment. So these again, these are those things that people don't yeah. think about, which is again why my why I teach mental wellness, because I want people to understand that there's other, you know, that all of your healing is not going to come on a therapist's couch. Mm-hmm. Although I have although I have a cool couch in my office, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of your healing is not going to just come off the couch. There's going to be some things that you can do that most people don't know because there's such a panic when we hear about mental health and the, mm-hmm. it's getting and there's nothing I can do. I'm like, no, there are things that you can do, even if, whether you have, even if you work with a therapist, there's still these things you need to do. Or if your if your emotional distress doesn't require therapy, but there's some tools that you want and need to improve it, you can do that. Which is again why my mental my pandemic relief program is so great because it's for people whether you have a therapist or not. If you're working with therapists, great. You still need these these tips. You need them. Yeah. Right. If you're not working with therapists, you still need this to enhance your your mental your mental health, your mental wellness. I'm definitely gonna share the word about this pandemic relief because it's Thank definitely you. I think we've all been in a place of just kind of just surviving these past two and a half years. That's exactly why I did it because that's yeah. what we've been doing. Yeah, that's we, exactly what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. We have been, yeah. And I it's so many things like I, I remember when like the doctors started you know like right after the pandemic when dentist's office started opening up and eyeglass and I, this pandemic truly triggered a lot of stuff like people's vision, dental, mm-hmm. mental, like all of it. All yeah. Of they it. Were, yeah. My, my, um, 
like the week of the pandemic, I immediately went to six days a week. I, you know, my schedule got, it was all, my schedule was always busy, but it was even more busy because people were, we, we were all in the state of, no one knew what was happening. So again, immediately my self-care got ramped up because I knew I had to be able to hold space for a lot of people during this uncertainty as well as for myself. So I had, and I had routines and workouts that I was doing in the house. One being my favorite, which is boss chick, boss chick dance workout. So I was in here dancing and, and, and <laughs> I love it. Yeah, every day I'm like, okay, no, I'm, let me, I got the music playing. I'm doing soca workouts, dance hall. Like I'm doing all the things before sometimes first thing in the morning before I, cause I got a long day. So I'm doing that. I got the weights going on. I'm doing stuff in the house. And then I'm going to the farmer's market masked that we went to the farm, the farmer's market, you know, people were social distancing, but I was out there with my mask because I needed fresh fruit and vegetables and all of that, regardless of what's going on. We got a pandemic. I don't know what we fighting, yeah. but I know I'm the best stuff in me. So, yeah. you know, I was at the farm, I was doing all, all these things. I was still doing this throughout the pandemic, holding space for people. I got people in the entertainment industry, their industry shut down. So I'm holding space for people. So I've got to make sure that I'm showing up strong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my self-care practices are medicine. They're, they're medicine. Yeah. And so, you know, so I, yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. So that's why all the things that I do, as well as all the other, you know, integrative things that I, that I know to do, I put a lot of it in this program because I want people to feel empowered. I don't want them to get into a state of panic, you know, when they're emotionally not in a good space and don't think that there's nothing they can do. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. You can make sure you drink. First thing you can do is make sure you're hydrated. <laughs> Make sure you're hydrated. First thing you can start off with. You may not be able to know a whole lot what to do. You may be looking for a therapist, but make sure you're hydrated in the process. Yes. Oh, so many jewels. I definitely Thank enjoyed you. today's interview. It was so Thank good. You. I enjoy connect reconnecting with you as well. Yes, this is so great. So I will be sure to include all of your information and definitely information about the pandemic relief program. And yes, put all of your details with social and then also tell people to sign up for your newsletter. Your newsletters are so good. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, I love them. Thank you so much. Yeah. So thank you everyone for tuning in to Soul by the Pound podcast. We will catch you next time.